This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and branding drinking stuff while I'm doing an intro. So, could you hear that? No. Oh, good. But I could see it, so oh, that's yeah. why I said it. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't want to say the same thing again. Yeah. So. Okay. okay. Well, we're your hosts. I'm on mornings on 1077 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's a guy. <laughs> he's used to work for the Sounders. Probably still would if he didn't move to Spokane. He's Brandon. I, I, you know, I was thinking if I had never met my wife, I would definitely still be working at the Sounders because there was there was an element of when when we met i was working for the sounders and i was um working a lot because when you work for a professional sports team you you work a lot and you're down we live in seattle but then i was down at starfire all the time where the sounders train and uh in also in professional sports unless you're the professional athlete they really don't pay you very much money and so i realized that in order to um eventually propose to my wife and uh, then girlfriend now wife I was like, I need to go make more money. And so I left and I went to work with you. And then I was like, if I ever want to buy a house, I need to get out of radio. <laughs> I'm surprised you were able to afford to propose working in radio. <laughs> the difference between a radio and um, professional sports is that in radio, they still don't pay <laughs> the stars or whatever <laughs> a substantial amount of money. So. Think about not that, that I don't do. Not that I'm ungrateful, but yeah. I'm just saying I don't make you know Raul Ruiz Diaz money being the morning host at a big alternative station. Do you at least make one new who? <laughs> I won't reveal that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, when do the question is, do I make more or less than this year's Freddie Montero? I oh, won't. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good question because I, I just we have to know. Like, I mean, so they released. I think since the last time we recorded, maybe because we hardly ever record this show anymore. I think since the last time we recorded, they released the the salary information. And we already knew that uh, Freddie was getting... We already knew who. Well, Sorry. We already knew who, Leo Chu, that Freddie Montero was making very little money. But it's it's very little. I mean, it's like $85,000. For a a professional soccer player, he's making like $85,000. And you have to wonder, like... How much Santos Coffee did the Sounders have to commit to buying in order to get Freddie to sign this contract? I mean, it's like a sweetheart deal for him too, right? Because he gets to like come back to Seattle and live with his uh, Fox News watching QAnon wife, and <laughs> so I guess that's good for him. What? 
How do you know that? How do you know that bit of information? That's she, amazing. She, uh, she would share. She shares a lot on Instagram. Uh, on her Instagram stories. Why are you following her I'm, on Instagram? I'm, I'm not. I'm not following her for what it's worth. Uh, but a couple of Sounders fans saw that, screenshotted it, shared it to Twitter, and were like, "Oh, so Freddie's wife is Rush Limbaugh." <laughs> Well, that is exciting. I just looked it up, and his guaranteed compensation, $81,375. Ooh. Ooh, boy. Gosh, that's like 0.7 new who's. <laughs> no, but the, it's the new who scale is the original, so it's oh, like sure. one It's like 1. 1.3 new who's, Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Or like the original, the original new who was like 65K, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the $65,000 man, that's what we call him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I imagine that Freddie probably gets compensated by goals scored and stuff like that too. So He's got I, he's got 6 goals. Yeah, I would imagine that you have a goal scoring bonus, but even like usually a, a goal scoring bonus is like every goal is $500. Yeah. Right, so if he scored six goals this year, that's he's three, up pace to make eighty four thousand. <laughs> right, that's like three thousand uh, dollars just because of the goals that he's scored. So I maybe I think that you also get a bonus if you start a game, which is I think is maybe still like a hundred dollars. I don't know. It's like very very little um, in the Premier League and in some of the bigger leagues. The kind of money that you make is you know if you start a game, it's like a couple thousand. <laughs> right, if you score a goal, it's a couple thousand. Dude, like Mo Salah is like looking to make like 600,000 pounds a week or yeah, something like that yeah. like oh my god that's like that's like 10 new who's a week <laughs> imagine how many new who's you could afford if wow. now now would you rather fight 100 Mosalah size new who's <laughs> yo new who's on 169,000 this year no wonder he's playing like a freight train yeah, my god right. yeah good for you he's, kid that's he's a- playing like a bullet train he's playing <laughs> That's like, he's making like two and a half new who's. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. It, new, who wow. is, new who is just now a new who Megatron made of smaller new who's. Great. Yeah. He's awesome. the vo- new who Voltron? Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's from Cameroon? Yeah. Wow. Doing ca- I wonder if he's one of the, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I wonder if he's one of the highest paid sports stars uh, from Cameroon because I can't name another one. Yeah, well, I I wonder uh, where the rest of the Cameroonian national team plays because it was only recently, only in the last year or so, that knew who kind of got on their national team radar and started to get called up more frequently. I think he's played for some youth teams in the past, but it's only the coach, in the, there, the, the coach there's like knew who knew <laughs> who. Sorry, I, I use that joke every time. I'm sorry. No, it's I think it's great. I think it's a it's a very good joke. And um, a few weeks ago, I think you said if you have to explain your joke or say it multiple times in order to get people to laugh, you should probably stop saying it. But hey, no, I'm I'm or, still laughing. So or you dig in, or you dig in and keep using it over and over until no one listens. It's That's my bit. Word. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Definitely five new who's. And we'll someday check it to see if you've left us a comment. We would love to hear your comments. We want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC fake player. Yeah, from Steve Zach Scottawani to Spencer Ritchie's massive dong. (laughs) (laughs) Well... This week, we talk about some dude's wiener on the full night. You should listen to our other show. Where we also talk about some dude's wiener. <laughs> There's a lot of wiener talk between us. Okay, well. So, uh, some would say well, that that's that Freud would have a lot to say about that. 
<laughs> uh, we get to Spencer Ritchie, a person who I barely even know who that is, but now I know a lot more about him. <laughs> but first, the uh, this week we'll talk about the Remember the Month of May Seattle Sounders FC taking on the Turf Bony Bronies Vancouver Whitecraps. Wow. Um, full wow. 90s. Full90podcast.com for all of our hot links, including our non-existent OnlyFans. And I got to start the episode by saying, sweet piece of kit there, Brandon. You finally got your new Who jersey. Congratulations. Sorry, new Who? (laughs) Got him. Got him. Nice. Yes. Um, Yeah. My Okay, so I ordered, originally I had posted on Twitter when these jerseys first came out, or when they were first leaked, actually, before they were even on sale. I had asked... Uh, my followers, all like 500 of them, if you could tell me or vote on which jersey I should get, should I get a new Who jersey or should I get a Nico Ladero jersey? And Mm. the overwhelming support was for new Who. And then I like chickened out and I bought a Nico Ladero jersey. And then it said it wasn't going to come for like six months or something. And so I just canceled it. Is it also on Wellbutrin or? Yeah. (laughs) Hey! If you have depression, which you definitely do if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely get that joke. Uh, anyway, so I canceled that order, and then my mom, for my uh, for my birthday this year, ended up saying she wanted to buy me the jersey. And so she bought me the jersey, and I was like, you know what, this is my opportunity. Because as soon as I ordered the Nico Ladero jersey, I had buyer's remorse because I really should have gotten the new Who jersey. So my mom got it for me. Well, the shipping date on it was like October 23rd. And so last week it came, I put it on, I wore it all afternoon. There wasn't even a game and it uh, is wonderful. I love it. I love it so much. It looks so good. I mean, I saw my friend wearing, uh, I went to the game a couple of weeks ago. With me. Against, yeah, yeah. And (laughs) it was against uh, Sporting Kansas City. And my friend who I met up with before the game was wearing the, the, the Jimi Hendrix kit, and I was like, yeah. this is really my first time seeing it up close and in person, and mm-hmm. now I'm really jealous that mine still doesn't come for another freaking month. <laughs> now it's here. I'm not jealous anymore. I love it so much. So thank you, Jennifer, my mom. Yeah, great job. Yeah. It's uh, They're super cool, and like, you know, you showed it to me, and I was pumped for you. I was actually more selfishly angry because now I knew who's definitely going to leave. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as soon as you buy a jersey, it just cements the fact that they're from a player that's not, like, the main player. Yeah, how's, that, go. how's that Kim Kee-hee jersey doing for you? Well, it was free, at least. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, I, but I don't like wearing it because I'm like, well, who's this guy? I wish I could. Yeah. Can you remove heat press letters? I, wonder, uh, I bet you can. Yeah, maybe. Oh, we'll talk, Shout out to Cool Keith. We'll figure that out. Yeah, but um, at first I was like, ah, great, now we're going to lose New Who. Thanks a lot, Brandon. And then I was like, you know what? Way to go. You're supporting, like, the coolest player on our team. There are people that are, like, maybe better paid or people that are maybe better at soccer or whatever. But, like, really, he's our our treasure. He is the yeah. jewel in the weirdness crown that we, like, support. So I mean, without him, this podcast would have so much less content. Yeah, we'd have so many fewer memes. We'd yeah. have like three instead of five. So yeah, that'd yeah, be... yeah. But yeah, it's a it it's a great look, and I'm worried. But um, one piece of news from this week that I'm excited about is I saw that the club has decided to pick up its team option on Raul Ruiz Diaz for 2022. Can you imagine not doing that? I mean, I feel like that should have been a given. I'm obviously very. De- 
excited to see the news yeah. that he'll be here for at least another season before he has to renegotiate his deal. But he's already tied the record uh, following this last game. He's tied the record for goals scored in a season by a Seattle Sounder. And that's 17, tying uh, Obafemi Martin's uh, record of 17 in, what was it, 2014? Was it the yeah. year that the Sounders won the Supporters' so. Shield? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's already set that record. He's on pace to to tie the record for goals scored by a Sounder ever. Um, he has an opportunity, if he scores a hat trick in the last game against the Whitecaps, uh, to have a 20-goal season, which Sounders have never had, right? The, the highest scoring before this was 17 by Obafemi Martin. So yeah. to have a 20-goal 20, a 20 season uh, would be incredible. I think the Sounders have longed for a striker like that since Obafemi Martin's left. So... Do you think there's a Panenka bo- bonus for him? Oh my gosh, dude! It's every time he steps up to take a, a penalty, I'm I'm like, the the goalkeeper is gonna know he's gonna do the Panenka, and he's just gonna stand there They're and take it. Know. So I feel like if I were a, a opposing goalkeeper, I would always just kind of s- wait for the Panenka because it just always seems like he's going to do it. He's either imagine a, imagine inc- a guy just doesn't move. Imagine a guy just stands there and he just kicks it and just catches it. He's yeah, like, all right. That's <laughs> what would so happen. Dope. I mean, that's all you have to do if you're gonna like. He doesn't always do the panenka, but it's literally every other time. Every other time he takes a penalty, he goes for the panenka. What's this? Uh, the panenka for anyone that's unfamiliar is that it's a it's a fake out. Effectively, you barely tap it in straight down the middle as the keeper jumps away. Yeah, uh, trying to predict what side you're gonna shoot towards or whatever. And so it's like a. In training, you'd get chased off the field for being a jerk or whatever. But then in, it's very humiliating, I would yeah. say. And, like, you got to think that, like, a tenth of his goals this season, maybe more, have <laughs> been scored that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. Like every time I'm like this guy this guy knows Raul, he's going to do it, right? So I I wonder because I if you watch that that penalty kick that he took on replay, he comes up to the ball, the way that he starts his run up and and gets to the ball to take the kick looks yeah. so convincingly like he's just going to smash it. So he yeah. is just incredible at at that bluff. And then he, you know, very lightly scoops it, chips it into the goal down the middle. I could see that being so challenging, but because you could easily scoop it over the bar, right? Yeah. Or kick it so softly that the keeper has time to correct his mistake and get back <laughs> and, and save the ball. So I wonder if Raul Rudiaz, like in his run up, sees the goalkeeper kind of move or, or give a hint in which direction he's going to go. To the point where he's able to choose to do the panenka as soon as he realizes the goalkeeper is moving, or smash it if he thinks that the goalkeeper isn't isn't giving him anything to to go off of. Yeah, you think there's like there's a switch up there that when he runs up that he's like, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna? Yeah. Am I, do you think there's time, or does he premeditate it? Like I think like, if I'm doing you I think if you know, you know. If you know the that you are good enough that you have the option where in your run up you can choose one or the other, which Raul Rudiaz being a world class, sorry, maybe being a Concacaf class striker, <laughs> I think he's a comable, right? Yeah, comable, but you know, uh, I, got it. Yeah, he's he's good. To, I mean, I, I'm sure he could play down uh, down in comable as well. But uh, being as good of a striker as he is, I think that he could maybe have that option that could be like a his spidey sense right like as he gets ready to take his run up in motion he's able to choose what he's going to do i don't know that's just a theory of why why he hasn't been saved trying to do that yet 
Uh, it's just part of the character. Yeah. Like you got to have giant stones to be able to do oh, that. Totally. Like you just got to like if it's me and I'm a penalty kick taker, first of all, we're going to lose. Yeah, Secondly, uh, like every time try and blast it into the top corner and make a Stefan Fry have to really make that Stefan Fry fingertip save. Like it's just the chances of get or down in the bottom corner just sure. like work on not just juking a guy but like trying to like put it as narrow a margin as you can. But anyway, I, I say this I I bring this all up because it's like they they take up his option. You got to think that's the first step in negotiating a new contract. And for me, I'm like, do I finally get another player's jersey or name on a jersey and buy a Rui Diaz? Or does that automatically guarantee that his legs fall off and he has to get yeah. small legs and he gets a lightsaber and it's yeah. dark side and all that stuff? Wait, then you definitely want his jersey, right? Yeah. Darth Rui Diaz? Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, it's got a good ring. Darthy Diaz. <laughs> Dorothy yeah. Dorothy Diaz? <laughs> Dorothy Diaz? Who is that? <laughs> That's Raul's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy. She's from Kansas. Yeah. She's from Kansas in the 1950s. <laughs> you, you all racist because you thought he was from South America. <laughs> they they do exclusively speak Spanish in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my bad. I've only been there once, and uh, I guess I just misjudged it. My, my mistake. All right, so I, I need you. I need you to chime in on whether or not I'm going to buy that jersey. I think that would be. I think be cool. you wait until. Uh, so this is just a club option, right? So it means that it's one more year guaranteed that he will play for the Sounders. So 2022, that jersey would come in handy for at least a season, depending on if he, you know, asks for too much money for the following season, or if the yeah. Sounders are moving on to a different striker, which we have like our depth at the striking position is. One <laughs> one person it's Will Bruin and he hurt. So uh, if if Raul sticks around, if he signs another contract, that's when you get the Raul Ruiz Diaz jersey. If you get it next season, he's definitely not coming back in twenty three. All right, well, people better sweeten it up for me because otherwise, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> is are, are Gregor is picking up the Raul Ruiz Diaz jersey option? <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> So it was nice to see him back out there, specifically with no measure to how injured he has been with a maybe a tear or whatever. And then he comes out and looks 100% Raul Ruiz Diaz with his two touches in the first half. Yeah. Because <laughs> Sounder's going to Sounder. Yeah. Like, he o- do we have he to only needs like six. Season? Yeah, we have to go back to last season where he scores every 39 touches. Yeah, 38, like, actually. Yeah. yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I guess the nine from his jersey is what confused me. So, um, Did, did yeah, he – I think – does the um, – so I think he had two touches in the first half and three if you count the goalkeeper literally pull, trying to pull his head off. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was crazy. That, that's like scary stuff. He put his head in there to try and, you know, make something happen and almost got it punched off. Gosh. The sound, I mean, like you you have in the run What was your sheet. reaction? Hold on, hold on. What was your reaction? When you saw that, you were like, did you just yell red card like I did? Like- no, I mean, look. So if you listened to, were, were you listening to the Sounders broadcast when you were watching the game? Uh, or, or were you watching on Twitter? No, I was watching the television. Okay, so you had you had uh, Casey Keller and Zach Wani and yeah. uh, Keith Gossett. They were like, "That's a penalty," but if he got any of the ball, then they show the close up replay where the goalkeeper does get like a glance off of the ball after it comes off of uh, Rui Diaz's head. Casey Keller's like, that's not a penalty. You know, if he doesn't get that touch, that's not a penalty. I'm sitting there like anywhere else on the field. It doesn't matter if you've touched the ball or not. If you create a dangerous situation, if you if you have dangerous play, it's it's a foul. If it's a foul, 
and it's in the box, it's a penalty. If the goal, why does the goalkeeper in two cases now? You had Tim Malia body slamming Christian <laughs> Roldan, and yeah. and now you have whoever his face is uh, taking down Rui Diaz by like literally wrapping his hands around his head and and so- pulling him down. So I don't know the I don't you know we neither of us has read the rules so this really makes this argument obsolete but I saw that I'm like that's a penalty that's a red card get that keeper out of here yeah. just like that's that's my reaction because yeah. yeah he hits him in the face if I jump up for a for a header and I put my arm into a guy's face that's a foul yeah and if you hit a guy in the face on purpose at any time even if it's like you know you touch your forehead to his head and the guy falls over that's a red card right. Yeah. Yeah, and so the idea that the keeper can like, if it would have been the keeper's foot that hit him in the face, would it have been a foul? If it would have been his shoulder, no matter if he got the ball or not, you hit the guy in the head. That's a bad, I, bad, bad look. I try to think about it this way: if Stephen Fry did that to an opposing ten, player, ten game suspension. No, I look at it this way: if Stephen Fry does that, that's I, I, and they award the penalty, I am okay with it. I, I, I don't sit there and say, oh, but he got the ball. It's like you don't just getting the ball, like if. If the goalkeeper touches the ball, he can then shank you. And as long as he got a piece of the ball, he's yeah. he's clear. He doesn't have to worry about the uh, the anything else, right? It's, it's not a foul. Yes, I stabbed him to death, but it, don't worry about it because I got the ball. Yeah, it, it does give that give that off. I, like I don't know if there would have been legal standing for the ref to go back and give that as a foul sure. and a PK. I, like, I wonder what pro would have said, like, let's assume that pro is benevolent. Okay. And that they're not awful. Like, I don't know if on his Monday meeting on the conference call, if pro is like, Hey, you got that wrong. You shouldn't have called that a foul or not. I don't know where, like, I want to know. And they'll never tell us because there, there's no transparency whatsoever, but I want to know how the organization feels about the, about the contact that was made there. If it could have been a foul, if it was kind of like, the ref's discretion, in which case, like, okay, that's part of the humans refing a match thing. But in that kind of case, in, in the case of uh, potential penalties, in the case of clear and obvious uh, misses, I would say that pro could easily step in there because that's a game-changing call, right? That yeah. is a, uh, if you don't make that call or if you do make that call, uh, that changes the game, right? One way or the other. I have lost, You, I kind of laughed when you said, let's assume pro is benevolent because I've lost all faith in it. Like, so first of all, oh, we, yeah. so Tim Malia gets a one game suspension, but still gets to finish the game and potentially influence the game in the, in the game. What would you have liked to see? Uh, at Disco least, do? at least a two game suspension, because if you weren't red carded in the game that you played, then you still got to finish and influence a game where you should not have been playing. Right. Okay. So that game you should be suspended for as well as the following game, uh, which you would have missed anyway for the red card. So you realistically should miss two games, in my opinion, because you did get to continue playing in the game that you were uh, where you committed the the foul. Now, similarly, the following game by the same team, Kansas City, uh, they had a player two foot, basically scissor tackle uh, yeah. a, a, a another player and he was given a yellow card. If you look at it on replay, the dude's ankle just about snaps. Like you, yeah. we had a potential of a Steve Zakawani incident again when Steve, you know, it was a similar foul where Steve broke his entire damn leg into. Yeah, yeah both bones in the lower, in his lower leg. Exactly. Tibia and, tibia, yeah, and, uh, and Brian Mullen, the guy that did it, I think missed a lot of the rest of the season because of that tackle. Now, you look back at the game against LAFC, 
I just saw this. I missed it during the game, but I just saw it. Leo Chu uh, is is making it. The reason he didn't end up playing yesterday is because in the game against LAFC, he's making a run down the left and he is scissor tackle. Like, and you watch it and replay, and you're like, he just about loses his dang ankle. So what is Pro doing at this point? It's like the definition of a red card is the two-footed sliding tackle that scissors the guy. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. And when the spikes up, it's like it studs up. Yeah. So it should be it should be a slam dunk thing for any like especially with VAR to be able to go back and look at. And that's the point. Like, what is VAR for if not to correct these calls on the field that are missed? Right. Maybe the referee didn't see it because it happened so quickly. What is VAR for if they're not going to say, hey, maybe you should look at that again? You know, and so uh, look, I think the penalty call uh, that that was not called against Rui Diaz, I think that that probably should have been at least reviewed, even if they decide not to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Or that rule needs to be changed, where if they even get a glance of the ball, it's not a penalty, because yeah, because what's to stop the guy from hitting the ball and then punching Rui Diaz? Exactly, he exactly. Just gets a hand to the face, but what if he close fists that? Like yeah. he's going to punch it out and then hits Rui Diaz across the face. Like it's not. Yeah. He didn't do that, and, and like no. That's, and these what ifs are ridiculous, sure. but that's just the natural extension of that. Is like, oh, next time I'll make sure if I get the ball, I follow through on the guy because then their most their most significant player is yeah. going to think twice about coming in on me. Right. Let me body him to make sure that he doesn't do this again, yeah. or he's injured and can't finish the game. Right. Now, now I want to point the blame also that that could have been a one nil victory for Seattle the way things went if they had. If ECS hadn't done a better job of marking people in the freaking box than the Sounders did. Oh. It happened twice. The first time, two guys not marking who Chicharito in the middle, or was it yeah, it was it was Chicharito, Leget- yeah. Yeah, Chicharito in the middle. No one's marking their you know, most important player, arguably, and he gets the ball and scores. It's like, of course he's going to. Every time he's gonna do that. Yeah. Then um then you turn around and the next opportunity that they have, instead of marking him, instead of two guys like standing at the front there near the front post, three guys are there. And I'm like, it almost happened immediately again. Like where you're like, did you, were you not watching that, that thing where you got scored on? It was, it was a very strange set of choices that made me very upset. It's, it's weird because like the entire beginning of the season, we're talking about the Sounders defense who had not given up a goal in something like seven games. Right. Or from the run of play, at least. We had talked about the Sounders defense being one of the best in the league and possibly league history the way that they were playing. We were talking about having multiple contenders to be defender of the year or at least on the short list for defender of the year. I still think Yamar has a shout there. Sure. Now we're talking about guys straight up not marking anybody in the box and giving up goals that are just unforgivable. Goals that you do not give up. And for once, it wasn't Ariaga, right, that was missing his mark completely. Do you do you think this has anything to do with Jimmy leaving? Hey, that's a good that's a good that's a, a for sure possibility. And even uh, Pineda, who is a defensively minded midfielder, mm-hmm. right? To to miss two very good defensive coaches, especially Jimmy Traore, a, a Champions League winner, uh, which we still don't know where he's gone. Um, to be missing guys like that, that's a that's a, a real possibility. But just to see, like, th- these are grown professionals who've been playing soccer their entire life. They know who Chicharito is. They know what he's <laughs> capable of. Yeah, and yeah. You don't need Jimmy Traore to tell you to mark Chicharito in the box. Yeah. Christian rolled on. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's tough. It's, uh, it's tough to watch that and then to watch it happen again and be like, what's going on here? And how come no one's like... The goalkeeping coach is kind of like the de facto number two now for the team, and I, you don't see. And then um, 
what's his name? Uh, Precky. Yeah. <laughs> also, you see, you get to see him getting mentioned and stuff. But yeah. But you know, I I don't know. Like if there's there's got to be the drop off in form corresponds with injuries, but also I think there's something to look into on the coaching changes, and that might just be a time issue. You might just need to let the new people integrate better, and it might be a full season long thing. But boy, Sounders look not good. I gosh, I mean, I wonder if it's. The Sounders played incredibly well for the first half of the season. Usually they get this turned around where they yeah. play okay to mediocre for the first half of the season and then really turn it on in the run up to the playoffs. That's what happened in both MLS Cup wins. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet ring. Are you wearing your uh Yeah. Oh, nice. I got mine too. It's it we're we're now showing the camera our um <laughs> Sounders <Podcast> break. <laughs> our Sounders FC championship rings. Oh, yeah. oh, don't flip me off with it. That's that gives me so many conflicted feelings. I love the ring, but I hate actually no, I actually love it when you flip me off. Anyway, <laughs> I wonder if we talked about this while the game was going on. Greg Vanny, who is now uh, the coach of the Galaxy, yeah. it was the coach of Toronto when they beat the Sounders in the first MLS Cup. He was also the coach when they when they beat them in the second one, or when the Sounders won the second the MLS Cup. Wait, wasn't he the coach for the first one when the Sounders won, the second one when the Sounders lost, and the third one when the Sounders won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Sorry, I got the I got them flipped around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what we know from the even the one that the Sounders won is that Greg Vanny had a plan to shut down Nico Ladero. He he had the Sounders figured out. And when you watch the game against the Galaxy from last week, he had the Sounders or from Monday or whatever had the Sounders figured out completely. Like Nico Ladero did nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rui Diaz was running up and down, dropping way deep, trying to find the ball. Uh, uh, you know, Jordan Morris comes on for Rui Diaz. I would have loved to be able to see them playing together yeah but there were a couple times where you're just like what is going on like la galaxy just dominating possession you got to think if greg vanny and the rest of the league are just figuring out how to defend against this new 5-3-2 um uh formation that the sounders are playing well but also let's let's give some exception where we can because Rui Diaz obviously wasn't going to play a full match because he's his first game back. Ladero, it's really his first game, not first, but like right there in the mix of uh, coming back. And Jordan Morris coming back. So you can't have those three guys on the field at the same time. So it's going to be a little bit easier to figure out how to stop, as you say, the 5-3-2 or whatever the formation is with the five backs. Um, because, I mean, what do I know? But like when you have a guy that is not up to speed and and isn't match fit the same way that the – that your LA Galaxy squad is having played 37 matches or 33 matches or whatever leading up to yeah it's just different i think sounders are running out of steam towards the finish line here i think that there's been a, a big burn on them because the mls season's been so bonkers this year because of the league's cup you mean it must have been all of those extra games in the league's cup yeah ridiculous yeah. you know what you know what you know who i would have loved to see in this game was jimmy madronda there was a few different opportunities where the ball uh, came into the box and bounced out to Brad Smith, and he was playing the the left back position where Jimmy Madronda would also be playing. And every single time it came out to them, I was like, "Just freaking boot it, man! Like, just yeah. just you have an opportunity to just one time it and it, put it into the mix and see what happens." Jimmy Madronda, who is on the top, he's one of the top five goal scorers for the sound. Remember at the beginning <laughs> of the season when Brad Smith was the Sounders' leading goal scorer with three goals? <laughs> Jimmy Madronda has four. Okay, so like 
in in that position, all I was all I was hoping for, and all I learned was a Brad Smith is Brad Brad Smith is not Jimmy Madronda, and b Jimmy Madronda just he's brought so much to the team for being yeah. such a, a kind of an under the radar pickup, and and I've just learned how much I I think I I have so much hope every time the ball is at Jimmy Madronda's feet because he's quick and he just only scores bangers, and there were a few opportunities for Brad Smith to do that where he just. He just kind of collected it and passed it around. I could see Brad Smith and Jordan Morris playing on the left side there, being like that overlap that they can main, that they can do because of their respective speed being a big deal. But when you don't have that and you have Jimmy Madronda coming out to be a little more muscly, like I, you get the, you get how it was just kind of out of sync. You start Madronda and bring on Brad Smith and J- and Jordan Morris, and you would totally change the game on the left-hand side there for anybody. Do you so. remember that? Uh, I think it was two seasons ago, it must have been, when it was Victor Rodriguez, uh, Brad Smith, and Jordan Morris all playing on that left side. And the way that those three interconnected, it was like, if you could shut down the Sounders' left side, you could shut down the entire Sounders' attack. And people attempted it, and they couldn't. Yeah. You have Jordan Morris back. You have Brad Smith still back there. Although New Who's, I think, been playing equally as well as as yeah. Brad Smith. Oh, he was um, so mad this match. I loved it. He just kept getting pissed at everybody for not making runs and for not being like available every yeah. time he saw the game develop. I think his like, I think his match smarts are getting way stronger. I think he sees the game totally yeah. differently than he did when he was just being crazy. Darth Maul legs. <laughs> New Who. It's almost like he's grown past the level of the game that he's playing, right? Where he's seeing runs that should be happening and yeah. the players... Don't say that. You just right. bought that jersey. Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, there was talk, what was it, last offseason about him getting signed uh, and going to play in France, so... I would not I would not be surprised if he ended up on a different roster next year and you sure. ended up with a shirt that didn't make any sense. I want to make mention one more thing about this match, and I don't know if anyone's doing it. It feels like the type of nerdy thing that we would find on Reddit somewhere or that somebody with this type of knowledge and dedication to detail would collect. I want to know shots against the woodwork stats because I feel like Christian Roldan might be the leader in this category after this match. So I haven't seen the statistic of who has the most deflected shots off of the off of the woodwork however i did see a a statistic and i'll i'll try to find it right now jeremiah oshan uh from sounder at heart had a tweet and he said something along the lines of if you calculate the when and the how the the shots are hitting the woodwork the sounders have dropped something like six points from potential games because of shots that would have otherwise gone in if they had not hit the woodwork wow six points it was something like that it might be worse but uh i will look up i will i'll see if i can find it all right well uh brandon that brings us to a very important part where we go back and after all this talk we have to figure out who it is that was the most important it brings us to the most important player for seattle it's the spencer richie's dong jeans man of the match (laughs) Uh, I would say that your Spencer Richie's dong jeans man of the match was Raul Rudias. Spencer Richie's dong jeans. <laughs> the type of jeans that I definitely need to get. <laughs> okay, we need to, like, stop the podcast. Stop, everyone stop. Can we talk about Spencer Richie's penis? <laughs> what? Not if you say it like that. <laughs> Look, okay, let me, let's do it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There was a, po- uh, a picture posted of the Seattle Sounders, some players from the Seattle Sounders, and they went to the Seattle Kraken to see a hockey game. 
and they were photographed, and there they are, nice young men dressed to go out and have some fun on the town or whatever, and it did not take long for the internet to identify that those jeans on Spencer Ritchie were hiding something quite significant. I think that they had covered up a kraken. <laughs> Is that a tentacle? <laughs> uh, look, it could have just been his phone. What? It, it, does, does he have a cucumber-shaped phone? It and absolutely looks like pants? the outline of a very large penis. So good for He's you. like, I, I'm not paying $18 for a Modelo. Whoop. Yeah, yeah good, <laughs> That's what that was. Good for you, uh, Spencer Ritchie, on your massive piece. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, I, I love that the Sounders caption on the Instagram post was big hockey fans. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Now- I want to be clear. This is uncool what we are doing. We are body shaming a guy. No, I am body praising this man. <laughs> okay, fine. We are objectifying this man for a for the clothing that he wears, and that is like a really thing to do. Uh, but at the same time, like it keeps coming up in conversation. And could you imagine it being the other way, where if it was like, do you see that tiny peen? Like how hurtful that? Well, I won't even go that far because either way is not okay. But um, we shouldn't be doing that. But also. <laughs> the sounders got it in on it so like it's hard to say yeah okay anyway <laughs> uh Ro- roll over ideas your man of the match huh yeah i think you know the the goal he scored it's not the only reason that he scores it uh or it's not the only reason that he he wins that for me but the way that he played that he was absolutely relentless trying to mm-hmm. uh trying to get a goal trying to get the sounders to to go ahead so i think that he did everything that he possibly could given his injury status and what we know about him, uh, I think that he, yeah, I think he absolutely deserved it. I love seeing Jordan Morris. He'd be in contention for me because he came back. You know, probably it's got to be tough to come back after a season away and to have a home match that you return to the pitch for after a long, long injury recovery. And then the pressure that comes along with having to perform now with – the uncertainty that goes along with it, too, about it being injured. And he came out and just rolled right through all I, that. He I just mean, was big and tough and muscly and fast. Like, it was it was really good to see. If he's worried about how to perform, maybe he just needs to talk to his other local buddy, Spencer Ritchie. <laughs> he did just get married. Congratulations to Jordan Morris. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Be 
before we get to this weekend's coming final match of the season, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Last night, it was uh, reported by Garth Lagerway, so I feel like it's a pretty trustworthy source, that (laughs) Will Bruin had a medical procedure done on his knee, and he's going to be shut down for a while. Now, we're at the end of the season, so what does a while look like? They didn't say they didn't say for the rest of the year, but I don't know. You're a guy like Will Bruin. At the, you know he's not he's not the bionic man Jordan Morris, where he's had both of his knees are now ninety percent pig tendon. Uh, <laughs> so Will Bruin, I doubt you see him for the rest of the season. Will you see Will Bruin in a rave green jersey again? Is the question. That's a great question. Now and. I also got the right statistic, the correct statistic from Jeremiah Ocean, and it's four points that the Sounders have lost because of the woodwork, not six. Sunday afternoon, everybody plays at the same time on different fields. It's Vancouver Whitecaps welcoming Seattle Sounders FC, a 3 p.m. matchup. It's a fun, what do they call that, decision day. It's a fun thing where every team in the league is playing and you get to see kind of how it's all going to break down. The Whitecaps we're not good to start the season, but now they've come on hot, uh, except for the last time they played in Seattle. They didn't win, but they have not lost since October 9th when the Sounders put on a masterclass. Yeah, I think they the Sounders scored four in that match. It was 4-1 to one win. Yeah. Look, in the last 10 matches, that loss against the Sounders was their only loss. So they've had a lot of draws in that in that time period. They've had a couple of wins. But th- what's more impressive and not great for the Sounders is that their record at home since you re- you got to remember that that all three Canadian teams couldn't play in Canada for the entire first half of the season. Yeah. Since in that first half of the season or since that first half of the season, the, the Whitecaps can now play home games at BC place where the Sounders will be playing this weekend. They uh, replaced their coach from Mark Dos Santos to this Italian guy who I didn't write his name down here. So I'm not going to try to remember <laughs> it or say it. <laughs> And they've made three massive signings, and one of those signings already has 12 goals. Brian White, he, uh, I think he scored the goal against the Sounders in that 4-1 to game, but he's their main threat. All of those goals from inside the box where we've just talked about how the Sounders have been vulnerable letting guys like Chicharito have free reign. So this isn't, you know statistically not looking great for the Sounders, especially when you have a team like Vancouver who's still fighting tooth and nail to make the playoffs. So the Sounders go into it with, um, as of the time of recording, actually sporking place tonight, so we'll know if their Sounders are either first or second place in the West, which is great. Already having clinched a playoff spot, great. You want to be number one so you get that home field advantage throughout the playoffs should you be lucky enough to keep going. But Vancouver, on the other hand, is going in sixth, just one point ahead of LA Galaxy, who have a feisty-looking Chicharito that's reasonably in form. Vancouver needs to pick up the three points in order to guarantee that they make it into the playoffs. It's a, it's a, you have to do it to make sure. Sure, they might be able to get by if LA Galaxy is beaten this weekend or on Sunday. I'm looking to see they play Minnesota, which is another huge matchup with Minnesota just ahead of Vancouver in the standings as well. So. It's pretty um there's a lot of pressure on Vancouver to do well, a lot less pressure on Seattle, and we all know how that goes for Seattle a lot of the time. God, I mean, 
losing to teams all season RSL. that they absolutely should win against. Even LAFC this season uh, yeah. should have been a, a win for the, the Sounders. Uh, so LAFC is stacked. Like that That's a team that has, when they're bringing back Carlos Vela the same time that we're bringing on Nico Ladero to yeah. return, like, that's a team that I'm never surprised when LAFC or LA Galaxy can deliver on something. When you lose to Real Salt Lake or Jan Jose or whatever, God, what are you doing? Yeah. It's so I if if I if I am reading the statistics correctly and if my sources are good, if the Whitecaps draw or win, they will secure a for sure place in the playoffs. The Sounders currently in first place, uh, but Kansas City behind with by one point uh, with a game in hand. Now, if Kansas City draws uh, mm-hmm. or loses, but uh, they you know. The Sounders will still be in a good position, but the Sounders still absolutely need to win this match. I mean, if they want even to have a chance at first place, if if, if Kansas City wins out, first place is theirs. Uh, Colorado, I think, is in a similar position. Oh, no, they, they are on the same amount of games as the Sounders. But if Kansas City wins out, first place is theirs. The Sounders have the really the possibility of dropping all the way to third place if uh, if they don't win this game against Vancouver. Austin FC is who we're counting on to beat <laughs> to beat Sporking Kansas City tonight. A thirteenth out of thirteenth place. Yeah, stand, sitting on twenty eight points. Just so you know, like the White Craps drawing eight times in the last ten games or whatever. That's like <laughs> that's like more than a quarter of the points that Austin have scored all season long. So uh, those draws are still real important. But you never know. Austin might be able to deliver in this. Um, at this killer time at the end of the season here. They're the home squad tonight, 6 p.m., if you want to catch up and see how that looks tonight being Wednesday. They, uh, they've they had a lot of kind of big surprise games against teams as well. So they're doing the opposite of the Sounders. Uh, games that they shouldn't win, they do get a result from. So we're hoping that they can pull that off against Kansas City, albeit Austin is the worst team in the Western Conference. And, and I think only the second worst team in the league tied for the second worst team of the league so good luck to you the fight in matthew mcconaughey's that other team toronto fc yeah yeah and the only team below them fc c cincinnati the ajit pies <laughs> all right take a look at your crystal pepsi ball brandon we've got vancouver hosting seattle sounders on sunday let me just tell you buddy i'm bummed i've thought about it many times i'm bummed that we can't go together and watch turf bony clean that field Aww. off before they play also when is seattle getting a turf bony it's important vancouver welcomes seattle 3 p.m on sunday afternoon take a look into your crystal pepsi ball and tell me what you see i see surprise signing Turf Boney. <laughs> hey, now that Seattle has a hockey team, Zambonis have to be part of our our vernacular, right? So how long would it be? <laughs> there was this whole big World Cup press conference where they talked about how important grass is to Seattle if they were ever to host. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm looking into my effervescent crystal Pepsi ball, and I am seeing the Sounders squeaking out a win with a Jordan Morris goal and a Raul Rudiaz goal 2-1 to one against Vancouver. No one's going to like this, but I see a draw coming on Sunday, two apiece. I'm going to see Rui Diaz with a couple goals, oh, okay. but uh, but the Sounders' defense not being able to keep Brian White out. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say 2-2 at the final whistle, Sunday, 3 p.m. Okay. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that you're right. I, I think, right. I think two goals from... 
I don't know uh, how close Rui Diaz is to the golden boot, but I think two goals would put him right up there in contention. I, I think Gustavo Bo of uh, New New England has 20 goals already this season, but mm-hmm. hey, Raul Rui Diaz hat trick in the final game puts him at 20 goals. So let's, you know what? I'm changing my prediction. Raul Rui Diaz hat trick, three to one <laughs> Sounders. That's so different than what you said before, but hey, right on. Whatever. The, the swirl changed. It went yeah. anti-swirl there. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, in case this podcast was just too long and you didn't listen, it's too long. Didn't listen. I was actually I was accidentally looking into my crystal cherry coke ball. <laughs> that, that's what it was, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Too long, didn't listen. Uh, if you made it this far and you're just waking up, you are definitely depressed AF. <laughs> Take it from two guys who know. <laughs> then we laugh. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> oh. Too long, didn't listen. Uh, good news. Turns out Gregor's picking up the jersey option on Raul Ruiz Diaz. How many millions of new who's is that going to cost you? The math is too hard. Yeah, it's too hard. All right, last one. Too long, didn't listen. Hey, make sure if he scores a goal or gets a hat trick, we send the ball to Dorothy Ruiz Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we shoe phone Dorothy Diaz? <laughs> you got to talk to Ladero Diaz for that. <laughs> Sorry, man, I don't have any more minutes. 